Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Helper, Holy Ghost, Advocate, Teacher, Counselor, Comforter. All of these names and several more can be found in the Bible and are used to describe one being, the Holy Spirit. We read in the Bible about it empowering disciples, providing wisdom, and praying on our behalf. We also read that it lives in us. It's all pretty amazing and maybe even a little intimidating. Most Christians will tell you that they want to be full of the Holy Spirit, yet many of those same will tell you that they're not sure what that means. So what does the Holy Spirit mean to us today? Is it still empowering God's children? Can we experience it for ourselves? We explore all of those questions and more in our current series, Manifest. Let's dive in together and continue the upward journey. Good morning, Upward. Great to see you today. Glad you're here this morning. Want to welcome also the online crew that's with us today. Give them a big hand. Thank you for being with us online. We feel like you're right here with us today. If you're online this morning, put city, state, country, wherever you're watching from. We're so glad to have you with us this morning. In the comments, let us know where you're watching from. It's so good to see all of you. Isn't it fun to get together as family just every week and just enjoy fellowship together, worship together, and receive the Word? Today we start a series called Manifest. Manifest. And I want you to understand the reason we called it Manifest. And it's very critical to this series that you understand this. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit, and that's who we're talking about today, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to manifest Jesus to us and through us. Can you get that this morning? The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to manifest Jesus both to us and through us. Now, anytime you say, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit Got a couple responses going on, and I'm sure it's true at Upward. A few of you are like, yee-haw, step on the gas, let's go, preacher, it's about time, turn it wide open. Are you here this morning if that's you? Yeah, I know y'all would be here, and y'all going to be loud about it, right? So there's a group of people who's like, yeah, we need more of that, turn it up, preacher, Holy Spirit, yes. But there's another group who said, you know, when you talk about Spirit and Holy Ghost, That creeps me out just a little bit. And I'm not quite sure about all this Holy Spirit stuff because I've seen a few weird things happen and it was called the Holy Spirit. So if I can just be honest, Pastor, I'm just a little bit nervous about this one. Can I see your hands just a little bit if it's just raised up even this high just a little bit? I knew I wouldn't see very many because you're not not ready to admit that all the time, but... That's true for some of us. We've seen some weirdness in the name of the Holy Spirit, and we're a little timid about it. And I understand where you're coming from if that's how you're feeling this morning. I had an old professor in Bible college who told me this. He said, anytime you're dealing with the Holy Spirit, you have to stay on the road and not run into either ditch. You know, it's really important when you're driving down the road not to get off the side of the road. Especially if you live in Henderson County and you're driving on I-26 right now, you'll find a wall. Very important to stay in your lane in the middle of the road. And on I-26, the lanes go like this and this and this and this. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge you and challenge upward that we stay in the road and we don't run into either ditch. 
And I want to tell you what the two ditches are. Ditch one is we weird out on the Holy Spirit. When you weird out on the Holy Spirit, everything is mystical. You even start to talk like a spirit. Ooh, the Holy Ghost. We don't need to be weirding out the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be spooky or creepy every time we talk about God doing something. When you weird out on the Holy Spirit, everything's mystical. Every problem is a demon that needs to be cast out. Every time you pray, you go into a trance and you just get weird. I want you to hear me today. The Holy Spirit did not come to make us weird. Go ahead and say amen or not. But the Holy Spirit did not come to make us weird. I was in a church one time and basically they said the Holy Spirit was moving and basically what was going on is everybody was acting like barnyard animals. One guy was cackling like a chicken. And they're like, yeah, that's when God moves on him, he acts like a chicken. I'm like, okay. I'm going to excuse myself to the restroom, which meant my car. Because it can get so weird that it's not God. It can get so crazy, God has nothing to do with it. Just because it's crazy does not mean Jesus is doing it. Paul dealt with this with the church at Corinth. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians, it's written to the church at Corinth. And we're going to deal with this scripture later on in this series, but I'm going to paraphrase this verse for you today. Paul said to the church at Corinth, you guys have the gifts of the Holy Spirit moving in the church, but when outsiders come in, you have no order and you have no decency with the gifts, and everybody's going around exercising their gifts. People are speaking in tongues everywhere, and it's chaos and confusion. And you're making all the visitors think that you guys are crazy, and they're never going to come back because you're acting nuts. Paul said, let everything be done decently and in order. Paul dealt with the ditch one of the Holy Spirit when we can weird out on the Holy Spirit. The other ditch we can run into, and my dad told me this when I learned to drive. He said this, and I hope you know this, if you ever run off the road just a little bit, don't jerk your car back on the road because you know what will happen? This happens all the time, and I tell my kids this all the time. I obsess over it. I said, if you run off the road, if you try to jerk your car back on the road, you're going to overcorrect, and you're going to wind up in the other ditch. It's so easy in these ditches to jump out of one and drive straight into the other one. And when we've seen people that weirded out in the Holy Spirit, we want to go into the other ditch, and in that ditch, we ward off the Holy Spirit. We just say, this is so weird, and this is so crazy, and the Holy Spirit moving is so uncomfortable that we'd just rather just be a comfortable, settled-down, emotionless, and passionless Christian. We just want to kind of go to church and keep it calm and push all that stuff into the past. There are whole doctrinal systems built on this ditch. And the doctrinal system that's built in this ditch is called cessationism. And cessationism is a doctrine which says 
that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the miraculous power of Jesus, and all those wonderful things we read about in the Bible ceased one day. That's why it's called cessationism. It ceased. That when the Bible, this is what most cessationists teach, that when the Bible was finally written and when the canon of Scripture was complete, that all the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit just ceased and we don't need those things anymore. I want you to understand, Paul dealt with this ditch as well. He told the church at Corinth, he said, earnestly desire the Holy Spirit and earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit and seek to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Stay out of the ditches when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, when I was about six years old, my parents came to Jesus And I'm telling you, my parents got saved in a powerful way. My dad had struggled with alcoholism as a young man. And uh, I was born, I was a kid, and and God began to deal with his heart. And when I was six years old, we went to my grandparents' church, which was a Pentecostal church. And my parents were saved at that church. And let me tell you, this bunch was a rambunctious bunch. They loved Jesus. And they wanted the whole community to know. They wanted the neighbors to know. And let me tell you, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with expression. I'm just saying make sure it's done within scriptural order and doesn't make God look crazy. They would shout, I mean, and I'm telling you, when you've been delivered from sin, you've got something to shout about. Can I get an amen this morning? Some of us need to turn up the shouter just a little bit. Because when you've been set free, there's something to be excited about. And they would get excited. They would just uh, dance and shout and sing. And it would get crazy sometimes. It would get so crazy as a kid. I'm like, wow, what is going on in here? The first church we ever went to when I was a really little boy was a very quiet, liturgical, formal church. And I'm telling you, as a kid, you really had to behave in that church. If you coughed, everybody could hear it. So my primary lesson in that church was sit still and be quiet. But oh, when mom and dad got saved in Pentecostal church, I didn't have to be near as quiet. Because they were wide open. And the louder it got, the more I would hear after church. Boy, the Holy Ghost moved. The Holy Ghost really moved today. One day I was in the sixth grade. And uh, I was in Sunday school, which was right before church in that day. And we were in Sunday school class And all of a sudden, the prettiest little girl from middle school walked in. And we were a very small church. And the prettiest little girl that I had a crush on from middle school walked into Sunday school for the first time. She was a guest. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You've answered my prayers. She's going to start coming to church here, and this will be wonderful. But then I thought, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to go in there. And I remember saying, oh, Holy Ghost, please don't move today. (laughs) Holy Ghost, don't do anything crazy today because I want her to come back. I don't remember what happened in that service, but I remember she didn't come back. Here's what happened. I began, and this is me, this wasn't anyone else's fault. I began to think, Something untrue about the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you this. A big part of your Christian walk is uncovering lies that you have believed. 
and replacing those lies with the truth. That's a huge part of your life and my life that I think we'll be walking in until Jesus comes, until we go to heaven. We're going to be dealing with this. We're going to be unpacking lies that we have believed and replacing those with the truth. And I had begun to believe a lie that the Holy Spirit was just around to make us weird. Anybody got any crazy relatives? Don't look at them if they're sitting next to you right now. Resist the temptation to look beside of you right now. Any of you got any crazy relatives who you know that Christmas is coming and you're going to see them at the Christmas party? Any of you got any relatives that you just really don't want to take with you out in public because you're afraid of what they might say? Be careful now. I don't want any fights erupting in here. Uh, Anybody got any crazy relatives that you're just afraid of what they might say or do? That you're just like, uh, uh, you ever have any relatives that you kind of feel like you need to apologize for before they get there? It's like you got to go in and do the pregame warm-up and say, listen, Uncle Tommy's coming, and y'all just bear with him because we're not sure what he might say. He has no filter whatsoever, so just hang on. I began to conceptualize the Holy Spirit as my crazy uncle who showed up at church once in a while to embarrass me. That's my deal. If that's you right now, I identify with you. Because there was a time in my Christian walk where I said it would just be easier to be a cessationist that just didn't believe in all this stuff. Let's just leave that in the past and let's just stay formal and comfortable. But here's what I discovered. That's not the Holy Spirit. He's not the crazy uncle that I'm afraid is going to show up and embarrass me. See, I want to emphasize this point to you again. The Holy Spirit is here to show Jesus to you and through you. Part of the problem with the Holy Spirit is we've We've used terms that we find hard to relate to, like ghost. When you hear the word ghost, you think of a ghost. Uh, maybe Casper the Friendly Ghost, or yeah, that's old, but uh, you think of bad things. Even sometimes the word spirit. Now, the word spirit is a much better translation. The Greek word is pneumo for spirit, which means weth, uh, weth, wind, breath, or spirit. There's no ghost there. So the Holy Spirit's not showing up in a sheet going, woo. But even the word spirit, we think of a spirit that comes in. We use terms like that. Somebody said this, uh, I, one of our staff members who I won't name said, well, it's pretty cool. We're talking about the Holy Ghost and it's Halloween. We should call the series Ghost Stories. And of course, we fired them. They're not here anymore. You'll notice, when you notice that person that's not here now, you'll know that, they're, no, I'm kidding. We laughed about it. But what we, we need to do is just get back to the fundamentals of who the Holy Spirit really is. Because here's what's happened. This happens all the time in, in, in church, in organizations, just in history. We, we build our traditions on top of what God says. And we begin to make rules on that, and we develop cultures around it, and we develop our own terms and our own understanding of it. And sometimes all those things really block the truth 
You ever needed to go back to fundamentals? One of the greatest stories I ever heard about the great football coach, Vince Lombardi, is his team. He coached the Packers to the first Super Bowl and uh, win, and he's a great coach. One day after that, they, he took them out on the field, and the Packers just got beat all over the field. And he got them back in the locker room, and he said, guys, that was so bad that tomorrow we're going back to fundamentals. So he brought them into the room uh, Monday morning, and he, he put a football in his hand. He said, gentlemen, here's where we start. He said, gentlemen, this is a football. I think we need to go back and say, this is who the Holy Spirit really is. And to do that, we go back to who Jesus said that He is. See, Jesus is the one, this will come for many of you, Jesus is the one who introduced the Holy Spirit to His disciples in the very beginning. They were walking with Jesus and living with Jesus. They were doing miracles with Jesus. They were spending all this time together. And these guys had left home. They'd left children. They'd left family. They'd left careers behind to follow Jesus. And they thought, well, this is just going to be this way forever. Jesus is going to live forever, and we're going to live with Him forever. And then all of a sudden, almost out of the blue, Jesus said, I'm going away. And they start freaking out. What do you mean you're going away? We've left everything to follow you, and you're going away. He said this, and we're going to get into this in the next message next week, but he said, it's important that I go away. Because if I go away, somebody else is going to come. And this person who's going to come is not going to live beside you. He's going to live inside you. I'm already starting to preach next week. John 14, 16, Jesus said it this way to tell us who the Holy Spirit is. He said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate. Beautiful word. An advocate who will never leave you. Then skip down John 16 and verse 7. He's in the same discourse here. John 14, 15 and 16 are Jesus' discourse after He told the disciples He was leaving in John 16, he said, in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Me leaving is good for you because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. One of the things I want you to get right up from the start is Jesus defined the Holy Spirit as a person, not an it. He's a person. You ever have anybody, you ever had a new baby and you got that new baby in a stroller and you roll it around uh, when you're at Walmart and somebody comes up and said, it's so beautiful. I want to say, it's not an it, it's a person. <laughs> Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus called him a person and he used a beautiful word for it. And the word in Greek is parakletos. Everybody say parakletos. The word para, the, the, the prefix para, para, means alongside of. It means someone who's with you. The word, the second part of the word, kletos, means truth. Here's who the Holy Spirit is in the most fundamental way defined by Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a person of truth who comes alongside you to help you. Don't you love that picture? He's not your crazy uncle. 
He doesn't just show up to make you weird or embarrass you. The Holy Spirit is God, is a person who comes alongside you to help you. Jesus called him an advocate. The word parakletos is a powerful word and one called alongside to help. The most beautiful physical demonstration of the Holy Spirit in all the Bible, I think, is when Jesus was being crucified. Jesus was carrying his cross to Golgotha, the place of the skull, to be crucified. And he had been mercilessly beaten and whipped to the point that he was nearly dead before they put him on the cross. And as he was carrying his cross, he fell. And a Roman soldier compelled a man in the crowd to come alongside Jesus and help him carry his cross. You ever felt like the cross that you're carrying is too heavy? You ever felt like the burdens of your life are more than you can bear? i got some good news for you right now. Even Jesus was not called to carry His cross alone. There was one called alongside to help Him. And you have one who's called alongside to help you. And He is the Holy Spirit. There are several beautiful words used for the Holy Spirit. And, and there are different translations of the word. Uh, one translation uses the term, uh, it's the uh, NLT that we use today, translates parakletos as advocate. An advocate is like a lawyer who represents you. Someone who helps you when you can't help yourself. The King James uses a beautiful word for the Holy Spirit that I love, comforter. Anybody like that word? You ever need a comforter? Now, I heard one preacher say, don't use that word comfortable. It makes the Holy Spirit sound like a quilt. Well, I'm not against that. Some years ago, my wife said, uh, we need a comforter. We've got a king-size bed. I love a king-size bed. Because I want to go to sleep. I don't want nobody touching me. I want to go to sleep. Plenty of space. And I don't sleep in a little bundle. I sleep like this. She said, we need a comforter. I said, babe, that's a king-size bed. Comforters are expensive. You ever had this conversation? She wants something decorative and, and you don't see the need for it? I'd sleep under a beach towel. I mean, I'm... <laughs> but she's like, we need a comforter. And I remember it cost 90 bucks. And I'm like, 90 bucks for a blanket? We got to have this comforter. So we were in the store, and I want you to know, I stood my ground on that thing. Then I helped her carry it to the car. <laughs> Anybody been there and done that? You really stood up for what you believed as you loaded that thing in the car, right? Uh, it was this big, puffy, white, king size comforter and she put it on the bed and the first night I got crawled under that thing I said oh this ain't so bad <laughs> pretty soon we were fighting over the comforter you can fight over a king size comforter finally the day came when she said that comforter's old we need a new one I said you ain't taking away my comforter I said, you go buy you one, and I'm keeping this one. So now we each have our own. 
best marriage advice I can give you. <laughs> Maybe not the best, but it's funny. Get a king-size bed and two comforters, and you will have peace. <laughs> to this day, I've got that comforter. It's not quite as white as it used to be. It's clean. I, I sleep in it. I roll up in it. Call it my nest. I'm getting really personal here today. Man, when I'm in there, nothing can touch me. I sleep in that comforter. Funny story, I got in the other day, and I, and I mashed down on it, and feathers blew up in the air. There's a hole in it. I should not tell this. I duct taped over the hole. I should not admit that. <laughs> Just so you'll know that I'm not a complete redneck, I used white duct tape. <laughs> I know some of you are picturing the good old gray on my comforter, but I didn't do that. I actually have tape over it because I want that one. <laughs> Nobody's taking my comforter. Amen. Nobody can take my real comforter away from me because he abides with me amen there are times when I'm hurting that he puts his arms around me and comforts me you need the Holy Spirit in your life you need the Holy Spirit's presence in your life you need the Holy Spirit's power I'm preaching next week already I love it so much come back next week it's going to be good you need an advocate. You need a comforter. The last word I love so much, is, and I think it's probably the best. All the words are good, but I think the last one is the best. The several translations, the New American Standard, the English Standard, and the New King James all translate parakletos as the helper. And that's my favorite one of the Holy Spirit, even better than the comforter. You see, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us do things that we could not do. John 16, 13, and 14 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He's heard. He's listening in heaven and telling us the truth that He's heard. He will tell you about the future. Wouldn't that be helpful for your life? He will bring me, Jesus, glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. I want to tell you three things the Holy Spirit helps you with, and then we're going to pray. Number one, he helps us to know the truth. The Holy Spirit helps us to know the truth. I'm not going to get into the whole doctrine and mystery of the Trinity, but we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's listening in on conversations, and he's telling us what he hears from heaven. He's telling us truth. One of the key frustrations that in talking with people and living in our community that I hear right now is people are saying, where can I find the truth? I try to watch the news and I'm not sure if I'm hearing the truth. I look at internet websites and I'm not sure I hear the truth. 
Pastor, where can anybody other than me been kind of hungry for truth? I just want to know what's really going on. I want to know what really happened. I want to know what people are really doing. I want to understand truth. Anybody just want to know the truth of what we ought to do? I just want to know the right thing to do. Man, everybody will tell you what to do today. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. And is anybody like me too that I have good people that I trust on either side of all these arguments? Is it just me? That I have people that I believe in who say, do this, don't do this. Man, if I didn't have Jesus, I'd be in a mess. But I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ lives in me through the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful for the helper I have called the Holy Spirit that leads me into truth. And if you ever needed the Holy Spirit in your life, you need Him today because He can guide you into what's true. Some years ago, I had an invitation to speak at a conference that was going to be in our city. And uh, someone asked me to speak there and they called me and uh, said, uh, we really like you to be a part of this event and I said, it sounded really good. I mean, it sounded like something that would be good. It would promote good things, and it would help the church and increase visibility and do all kind of good things. And it sounded really good. I hung up the phone, and the Holy Spirit inside of me said, don't do it. You say, how do you hear the Holy Spirit in the moment? You can we're going, to talk, we're going to have a message on that, just how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can hear Him. And it's not spooky, it's not mystical. It's not been an audible voice. I don't see something in the sky, because He doesn't just live out there. He lives in here. And something in my heart, it was the Holy Spirit who said, don't do it. And with no other reasons, I had to call back and say, I can't do it, I can't be there, it's just not the right thing for me. And a couple years later, it turned out that that conference was something disreputable that actually brought damage on the name of Christ. And I would have been associated with it had I said yes. The Holy Spirit protected me from something that really looked good on the outside. He'll guide you into the truth. Second thing He'll do is that He will tell you things to come. He will help us to know the future. Now, you want to talk about a superpower. Would anybody like to be able to see into tomorrow? Anybody? I'm not talking about who's going to win the World Series, so you can bet on it. I was waiting on the Braves fans. I gave y'all a chance right there to say something, but y'all didn't take it. Um... I'm not talking about trivial stuff. See, your friend, your helper, the Holy Spirit, has already been in your tomorrow. I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's pretty exciting to me. I've got somebody who's already seen this week coming up, and he'll guide me into it today if I'll listen to him. Any of you remember, now this is ancient history, it's been about 20 years ago, was the year 2019. 
That was a painful laugh. I don't know about y'all, but 2019 seems to be about a decade ago in my brain. I feel like that was ancient history. At the end of 2019, I want to tell you how good the Holy Spirit is. People thought it was because I was smart, but it wasn't. It was because the Holy Spirit's my helper. At the end of 2019, we had a budget that we didn't spend in technology. We had $7,500 left that we didn't spend. And I love to have that problem. We have that problem all the time now because of your generosity. We have the problem of thing. Who do we give this to? And oh, I could just tell you stories. People say, you always tell them those stories of how you give. We're not bragging on us, but I want to tell you this. We're not even telling you half the stories. 2019, we had $7,500 left over in technology, and we were trying to figure out the best way to invest that money. We could have bought this camera or this light or something. And I said this in a meeting. I said, listen, I think what we ought to do is invest this money to make our live streaming capability the best it can be. At the time, we had an unstable internet connection. And we went and got an estimate on having a, a direct line put in that we would have a dedicated internet line that would upload just for Upper Christian Fellowship and not have neighbors competing with it for bandwidth. It was expensive. We needed two or three pieces of equipment to really make our live streaming work. And I said, listen, I really believe we're going to need to live stream in the future. I feel in my heart we really need to do this. So let's invest that money. And we wound up having to invest even a little more than that to get it right. We got all the equipment in. We've got a dedicated line. We have perfect bandwidth to live stream. They finished it in February of 2020. We live streamed two weeks before the shutdown. We were ready. I know what y'all are thinking. We've got the smartest pastor that's ever lived. Thank God for a man of such wisdom and foresight. Right? That's what y'all are thinking, right? It is pastor appreciation here. Y'all could just... Throw me a bone or something here, all right? I mean, all right. The reason you laugh and the reason I laugh, that's just not true. I'm not that smart. I'm stumbling through this. Most of the time, I'm like, what are we supposed to do next? But here's what I do have. I have a helper. I have a helper that lives in my heart, and His name is the Holy Spirit. And He guides me into my future. And it's not just preachers. He wants to do that in your life. Say, I'm just watching online. It's for you. I'm not a preacher. It's for you. First time I've been to Upward. He is for you to guide you into truth. To guide you into your future. Lastly, this is it. He helps us know truth. He helps us know the future. But this is the last one and the best one. He helps us know Jesus. He's not here to speak of himself. He's here to show us Jesus. He's here to show Jesus to us. By the Holy Spirit, we know Jesus like we've never known him before. But it doesn't stop there. He's here to show Jesus through us. Because you go to work and Jesus needs to be there. You come across a need and Jesus needs to be there. 
When the Holy Spirit lives in you, wherever you go, Jesus is there. Can you get that? When the Holy Spirit lives in you, wherever you go, Jesus is there. Amen? I want the helper to be fully present in my life. Do you want that? Would you stand to your feet with with me, please? Let's stand together. I want to just invite you to a prayer right now. We're going to unpack a lot over the next few weeks. I know some of you got more questions than I answered today. Just getting a taste today of where we're going. Some of you may not be sure about all this. I'm sure there are some of you. You may not know about all this. You may think, you know, uh, Pastor Andy, he might be a little crazy. I'm not following anybody who puts duct tape on their comforter. I might be a little crazy. But I know what Jesus said. He said, I'm going away and I'm sending you an advocate, a helper, a comforter. And you need him. Not asking you to receive anything weird or crazy. I'm just wondering if you'd open your heart with me today and say, Lord, I want the helper, the Holy Spirit, to be fully present in my life. Would you pray that prayer with me right now? Could we just lift our hands if we're comfortable with that? You don't, if you're uncomfortable with that, certainly don't have to. Lord Jesus, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I need the helper, the Holy Spirit to be fully present in my life, I invite you, fill me from head to toe with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Do you know one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is healing? One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit can empower you in a moment in such a way that you can pray for someone and see them physically and miraculously healed. We believe in that unashamedly at Upward Christian Fellowship. And uh, I think we ought to just speak healing over people with breast cancer today and struggling with Do you know of someone right now struggling with breast cancer? I want you to get their names in your mind. I have three that I know right now. I have a lady named Jeannie that I'm praying for, believing God to heal her. I have a friend, a man named Mark, who I'm praying for God to touch his body. I have another friend called Melinda named Melinda, who I'm praying for. I'm praying for Jeannie, for Mark, and for Melinda. Do you have a name of somebody in mind right now that has breast cancer? Can we just agree together and pray for God to touch them today? Can we believe that? Father, I just come to you in Jesus' name, and we lift up our friends, Lord. I pray for Jeannie, for Mark, for Melinda right now. And Jesus, I ask you just to reach out in a mighty way and touch them with healing. I speak over this congregation healing in the mighty name of Jesus for all diseases. You forgive our sins and you heal our diseases, Jesus. And I ask you by your Holy Spirit, do the miraculous that we could never do. I bless your people with healing. Now, go in the power of the Holy Spirit, commissioned by the Holy Spirit, by God, to take Jesus into your world. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com 
slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.